This program is brought to you by RBC. In order to speak up for inclusion, we need to speak about inclusion. I'm Anna Karina Tabunyar, and this is More Talent Untapped. Conversations about unconventional, sometimes underestimated talent, and the differences that connect us. People are able to share how they feel, and that is now going to help drive how we engage our employees. It's making us look at our procedures and criteria of how we select individuals for roles, really double check on why are we selecting individuals for certain opportunities, why maybe we have missed individuals for certain opportunities. So it's making us question a lot of these policies and procedures we have in place. Sharon Singh has been integrating diverse voices into the workforce for years. She proactively seeks out and develops talent with disabilities. As a human resources professional, she's well aware of the hesitations, myths, and misunderstandings. She also knows the long-term value of hiring a person with a disability. She recruited Ahmed Abukar, the accountant from Episode 2. His extraordinary attitude and outlook will inspire you. If you haven't already, take the time to listen to the episode featuring Ahmed. Now back to Sharon. Sharon discovered Ahmed at a career fair for people with disabilities. That was pre-COVID, of course. Five years ago, in fact. Five years ago. Was it five years ago? I understand that it was about, yeah, four and a half, close to five years. So can I take you back to the job fair where you first met Ahmed Abukar? Okay, yes. so you're back at this job fair and you see this, this young man with his white cane. What was it that stood out about him? Well, what I really liked about Ahmed is that he showed confidence. He was walking up to people as well. He was shaking their hands. He was not afraid to approach individuals and talk about himself. He was also very transparent about what he wanted. He knew he wanted to be in accounting. He was going for his CPA um, and he was able to articulate that. He was very clear on what he wanted. Um, and so I, I was very impressed with that. Uh, the fact is like he didn't make his disability, you know, to me, he didn't, he, he didn't talk about his disability. He was talking about what he's done in his education, what, you know, uh, with experience he has tried to develop over the years. Um, and so I thought that was great. He was very clear on what he wanted. In Ahmed's case, you can't really hide that kind of disability. He had his white cane and he obviously has a vision impairment. He was telling me that a lot of managers at the time couldn't see past the white cane. But you did. I did because I honestly was looking for talent, right? You know, I supported finance at that time. Um, and I really wanted to hire people who were working towards, uh, you know, having their CPA, uh, having that education, having that drive, who really was able to learn, demonstrating uh, RBC vision and values and like our leadership behaviors. And he, he was able to demonstrate that. And so I thought, you know, here's a candidate. Yes, he has a disability, but he has everything we're looking for uh, to fit the roles. And so why show up at a 
career fair that was specifically tailored for talent with disabilities. What was it? What is it about that market that that draws you? The reason why I think it draws me is because I am fully aware that it, it's an underrepresented community. And I also know that there's a lot of great talent within that community. And for some reason, they're not always applying online. And what I realized during my research is people were getting frustrated, you know, tired of being rejected, not getting, you know, even past maybe the application process. So, uh, you know, it was also for us to get out there build our brand as an inclusive, you know, company um, who wanted to support this community. And so that's why we chose to uh, really get into some of these uh, career fairs because we knew we would be able to, it was just another avenue to reach out to talent. Now, let me ask you, let's go back to Ahmed. So you hire him on as an intern. What were some of the hesitations among his new team and his new co-workers and managers? When I presented Ahmed to the hiring managers, uh, they were all, they saw the same things that I did. Here's a qualified young individual who has the drive, who has the hunger to learn and wants to be here. The hesitation was, hey, how do we accommodate individuals? And it was really about educating ourselves on how, as a company, we can accommodate this individuals, you know, and how can we leverage technology or new or learn new ways? And so, uh, you know, we had to take a moment, engage the right people, engage our accommodations team. And even for them, they were thinking, okay, how can we do this with these systems that we have? Um, so, it, uh, and we, it was, we, we took the time to actually research it. And so that's how we all approached it was, okay, this, we knew this was going to take a long time because none of us were the experts on actually how to accommodate this person, but we knew he was the right person. And so how long did that, that process take and how much did it cost? Oh, so the process took a long time. I would say, if I can remember, I think it was a good uh, six months. Uh, you know, we, we've had had, again, people with visual impairments working at RBC, but again, it's accommodating the person in the space and the systems that they have to use. So a lot of that was analysis. So it did take about six months, uh, maybe a bit more. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember the cost, but the cost, I mean, I could imagine it was between 10000 maybe $20,000 because, you know, we wanted not only to accommodate him just for this role, but also potential to work from home if he needed to. So really looking into different avenues and setting him up for success. So do you think having made that investment in systems has made you more attractive as an employer? I do, because I do feel like not only attractive as an employer to the external community, but internally, you know, bringing awareness and educations to others uh, about what RBC is doing. Because also we have an employee base that has children with disabilities and th they see what RBC is doing for individuals to uh 
to to have them work at RBC um, and share their knowledge and skills. It's kind of created that buddy system on the team. Um, and I, I also think that it's educated them to be more sensitive and empathetic, uh, to look at individuals differently. A lot of them said they learned so much by hearing Ahmed's story, hearing how positive he is, breaking their stereotypes about individuals with disability, um, and knowing that, you know what, they don't look at it as a disability, right? Ahmed's just like, this is a part of me. This is, this is a part of me, and here's how we can work around it. Um, and they feel grateful that he's so open to having that conversation because they do have very, they're very curious. They want to be inclusive, but they just don't know how. But what Amin has created is an area where he's, he's telling them, ask me the questions and I'll tell you. And even if I don't know, let's figure it out together. So I really felt like it has brought the team together based on the feedback that I've received. You mentioned that the accommodation process took about six months. What were some of the ups and downs during that period? Because an outsider might go, oh my gosh, six months, that's so much lost productivity, that's so much frustration, I'm out of here. It's about having the right candidate, not about, oh, how long is it going to take? Yes, maybe considered to be seen as others a loss of productivity. But if you think about it, well, how have you been working so far, right? And if as a team, not only your manager, but if as a group, they know like, hey, you know what? We've hired the right person. They're coming. It may take them a little bit longer, but they're coming. It is more motivation for the team to rally together and get the work done until that person's in place. On a practical level, like a day-to-day -day level, as you're sorting out, getting the right systems in place, how do you keep that new talent on board and productive and engaged? What we did for Ahmed, because I wanted to make sure he doesn't leave, he could be going into another company, I'm sure he's getting offers, is that, you know, the manager connected with him gave him materials that, you know, we could share with him and that he could start reading. You know, uh, you know, we also said that, you know, he could actually meet some of the, his team members even before he started to keep him engaged. To be honest with you, he, he said to me, he kept on saying, I'm not going anywhere. And I go, I, I hope you don't, but it didn't mean we had to work slower. It made that, it made us be like, no, we made the right decision. We have a loyal employee who wants to stay with us. So you know, win-win situation for all of us. And you can't put a dollar figure on that. No, you can't. You can't. Anna Garina, did you feel that? How did you feel since you've done Talent Untapped? That's what mm -hmm. I want to know. How has it changed you? It took me a long time to own disability for me. It took me a long time to be able to self-identify because of my own baggage and my own thinking that, okay, disability means I'm a liability because my body's failing me. Um, but, and Ahmed was one of the people who really turned my thinking around. When I heard him speak with so much confidence and owning, just owning, this is part of me, that shifted for me. And then over the years to this point that we're at now where we're hearing all these stories and knowing the difference that they make, it's emboldened me 
to be more open to share my own because I know that there are people out there who are still feeling that they've got this non-visible disability that they don't really want to share because maybe they see it as a weakness or a liability, layered on top of the fact that maybe they were brought in a culture where they don't speak for themselves because it's just not right. It goes against your cultural beliefs and the way you were brought up. Since I did the film, it brought me so much closer and it's really heightened my awareness as an employer. I proactively seek uh, talent with disabilities. So if I have a project or if I have an opening, um, I go to my connections in the disability space um, because I know what it brings to the table. And I, I see from a lot of other employers that once they can get disability right within their workforce, it's so much easier to get all the other facets of diversity because disability is so intersectional. So you make such an interesting point because I think this goes to, I get it is true. Like, you know, once you get one of these underrepresented groups right, it will benefit everyone. And that's kind of how I also feel about the Black Lives Movement, right? With this whole issue with George Floyd, because I do agree with that. I think that has made us think differently. Um, it's really paused uh, and changed the way we listen to employees. I think now a lot of companies are moving towards truly what we call active listening. And, you know, people are able to share how they feel. And that is now going to help drive how we engage our employees. It's making us look at our procedures and criteria of how we select individuals for roles, you know, really double check on, you know, why are we selecting individuals uh, for certain opportunities? Why maybe we have missed individuals for certain opportunities? So it's making us question a lot of these policies and procedures we have in place um, and how to integrate the what the, the employee voice in everything that we do. And I think it's such a good thing. And I think that this will benefit, again, all underrepresented communities. So persons with disabilities, people from the Black community, Aboriginal as well. We really have a, a, an opportunity here to do things better. I have to say, I think with the pandemic, it could have opened up, it, I think it will open up a lot more doors because since we are all working from home, majority of the workforce is working from home. It, you know, that was considered accommodation before, you know, if you, for you to work from home, majority of the time is probably was seen as accommodation or a perk or a perk. Right. Exactly. You know, um, but now, no, you know, as we move forward, uh, we're actually being asked by RBC, like, do you prefer to work from home? Is this actually working from you? And the reason why they're asking that is they realize having, you know, 65,000 plus employees working from home and be this productive. Uh, you know, what were they, what were they, this is great. This is, you know, you can have a productive workforce and it doesn't always have to be in the office, right? You can work virtually. And so now I'm thinking that, you know, before what we see as an accommodation is actually now going to be hopefully a norm. It's still in discussion. 
you know, it's opened up a whole new door for persons with disability who may not be able to go, go to work for some reason or, you know, travel or move from locations. So you think that because we're now able and almost mandated to work from home, we're able or employers are more open to hiring more people with disabilities? I think they don't view it as an accommodation anymore. Like, I don't even, you know what I mean? Because I think the view was, is how you got your work done is you should be in the office. I think that was a myth, right? And this whole COVID busted that myth. So I think it just opens more doors on how you look at how a job could be done. So apart from the ability to work from home, What other policies and procedures do you see shifting in this COVID era and this work from home age? I think one of the thing is around recruitment and hiring. Like now now that, you know, do we really need to relocate people now? No, no, we probably don't. We can actually have people work in the countries that uh, they're living in. Now, there's a whole bunch of compliance and risk issues, so I'm, I'm going to put it out there. But there are things that we are going to definitely consider, you know, um, and, you know, and it's another way of potentially, you know, bringing in different types of talent. If we are able to have people work in locations that they're most comfortable with and works with their lifestyle, um, then yeah, we've just opened up a brand new talent pool. If you're not doing it already, you should be sponsoring, you know, sponsor someone, help them get connected. That's what people are looking for right? You know, half the times we know when we apply to a role, you know, it's having that sponsor there behind you that helps your brand and potentially could push you forward. Sponsorship is extremely important. And I hope a lot of people out there take the time to do that, especially looking at individuals within the underrepresented community, because that's what they need right now. I couldn't agree with you more, Sharon. And the whole notion of becoming a sponsor doesn't have to cost anything. There doesn't need to be any formal structure in place. It's introducing that talent into your network in a very proactive and intentional way. You know, it's a partnership. Uh, to find a sponsor, you have to find someone that wants to be your sponsor as well. And a lot of times people automatically go to the top of the house. They want the CEO to be their sponsor, which I always think is great. But, you know, don't forget about your peers. Don't forget those who are at least one level higher than you. Those are sometimes the better sponsors to have. And because they're around, uh, they understand what is happening around them. Um, when what's happening in the environment, they can give you a perspective where sometimes if you get someone who's so far away uh, from where you are, then yeah, yeah, they may not be able to give you that type of insight to help you develop. So your sponsors could be at many levels. And I think that that's important. To have a sponsor, they actually have to know you. I've known Ahmed for five years. I've tracked his career. I've connected with his managers. His managers connected with me when they needed advice. So that's how you build. So I could honestly say, I know Ahmed. I know his skills and capabilities. And I'm confident as a sponsor, I'm going to talk about him. And I know what type of, uh, uh, you know, work he can put out. So, yes. So you're his PR person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I am a part of his branding team. (laughs) 
sometimes you think it's harder to connect with other people, but it's not, it's actually not you know, you just need to make the decision to get out in the community and be are surrounded by those individuals. And you'll know very quickly that there are a lot of people that are looking for that support. I know all about that need for support because when I was a young immigrant trying to break into the workforce, I didn't have the guidance of a sponsor or mentor. I had no network. I didn't know the rules of engagement. It was a struggle just to fit in. But it doesn't need to be that way for others. I encourage you to check out Sharon's favorite organizations in the show notes and consider becoming a sponsor, especially to someone in an underrepresented group. More Talent Untapped is a sequel to the documentary Talent Untapped. If you're interested in a special screening of the original film, send me a note through my website. That's anna-karina-tabunyar.com. A-N-N-A-K-A-R-I-N-A-T-A-B-U-N-A-R. That's anna-karina-tabunyar.com. More Talent Untapped is made possible by our sponsors, RBC and EARN, the Employment Accessibility Resource Network, an initiative of United Way East Ontario. The people who helped put together this show are Lindsay Voderick, Howard Sonnenberg, Ashley Wright, Colin Van Haddam, and me, Anna Karina Tabunyar. I'm back in two weeks with another episode of More Talent Untapped. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a review or rating, and share it to help us get the word out.